The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F I V E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. It's football season, and it's time to make your way over to my bookie. They've got deposit matches, free bets, and huge cash prize contests for you to take advantage of all season long. NFL action, check. College ball, check. Plus, they have a mobile-friendly website and top-of-the-line customer service, making their platform a one-stop shop for all betting needs. My bookie offers action on everything from championship futures to NFL in-game live betting making sure you've covered every step of the way. Sign up at MyBookie today, and when you do, use promo code 3YARDS to claim a halfway match on your deposit. If you put in 200, they'll spot you another 100 to play with. That's promo code 3YARDS so you can claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. Miami has the and we're on a welcome to another edition, team. a victorious edition, a streaking edition. That's five in a row, people. Of three yards per carry, I'm Alfredo Ortega, Simon Clancy is here, Chris Kaufman is here. And we're going to start with this. It's rare. And I know the fans love to say, we this, we that, we won, we lost, we need to go get this wide receiver. But this is, and trust me, it's not we, they play, your fans. But this, what happened on Sunday is one of those instances where we feel as if we could have been responsible for putting more points on the board because the score was 14, nothing. And then something happened. What happened, Simon? And, and how could we have prevented what happened? I know that there are members of the Miami dolphins who have listened to this podcast. Mike Gasicki, if you're listening, how are you doing, dude? Now, Ted Karras, if he listened to this podcast, he would have been able to get his manscape lawnmower 3.0 because he needed it not only to shave the hair on his arms, sort of sweat dripping onto the fucking ball that he snapped into two of his fucking feet. But also, as he snapped it between his legs, the hair on his balls was hanging between his legs so long that it was like a, a horse jumping a fence and getting caught on the brush. The ball deflected off his hairy bollocks and hit the floor. Fumbled. They returned it. Going up 21 nothing, turns to 14-7, all because... Ted Karras didn't shave his genitalia properly. That's pretty much what happened. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. I couldn't or use exactly the ball see. deodorant and ball toner at least. Well, uh, if he used ball that, toner, moisture control, 
it would have slid off his nuts and straight into his hands. As it happened, <laughs> off the hair, balls on the floor, picked up, returned 60 yards, 21 nothing becomes 14-7. We're actually in a ball game. So, Ted, 5RSN is your code, buddy, for a landscape, for a what? For a Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 or a landscape if you want to. But I'd, I'd <laughs> go for landscape. Manscaped. Well, at or this that- point, at this point, it might be landscaping for old Ted. Yeah, uh, it could be landscaping that manscaping if uh, if he needs it because he's of a certain vintage, is Ted. So, uh, yeah, but that's what he should have done. Fortunately, it paid off in the end, so we're all right. Yeah, Ted Karras uh, in the post-game press conference says that it was moisture control and... <laughs> and he said it with a straight face. He wasn't. He was. I don't think he was joking. So yeah, you know, get get. You know, I, I would really recommend the ball deodorant. Okay, and then freshen up into a halftime. Okay, because we Sorry. can't afford it. That was two bad snaps in that game, by the way. So, all right, moving on. Costly. Yes, the team is streaking. That's Tim Reddy would have. Tim Reddy would have gotten the manscape package. I don't know, man. Did you remember what Tim really look, used to look like? Did that look he like was a man that shaved his balls? <laughs> he was, he a, was hairy a hairy motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did not shave his testicle area. There was like and, zero ten, right? The, the, if he did, he happened. used a if he did, he used a strimmer, an industrial strength one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> he had one of those old-fashioned lawnmowers that, like, you know, isn't even gas-powered or anything like that. You just push. You had to push if you were If you were Tim Ruddy's neighbor on a Sunday morning and you heard a... <laughs> you were never sure if he was mowing his lawn or cutting his testicles. <laughs> and I'll just leave that there. Yeah, Tim Ruddy used to... He would have to use, like, kerosene in a match or something like OJ that. OJ McDuffie probably needs to ask that question on the Fish Tank podcast, one of our other network podcasts. I think it's worthy. It's definitely a worthy question. I might message out. I think the fans want to know. Absolutely. It's the most important. I know in the past we've done a little jumping around and finding out what players that used to play for the Dolphins do, policemen, majorettes, whatever. But Tim Ruddy and his testicles. Tim's testicles. Sounds like a sounds like I a fear, late night My fear always when we used to show. do that was that we would find out that a guy was dead. And I, I believe that our streak is still alive. We've never found a guy that was dead, right? Don't think so. Okay, well, we might do it later on. I might ask. Uh, I'm, I'll spend most of the podcast, and we'll have. And Chris, that's your homework assignment for the rest of the podcast too. Try to think well, of a really obscure dolphin player. Okay, someone that died. That's a little morbid. No, not that died. A really okay, obscure dolphin player. And Simon will play. Where are they now? With us? Let's have a comp. Yeah. Also, let's have a competition to find. The most obscure dolphin player you can think of between now and the end of the show. Did we do Otis Leverett yet? Yeah, between I between when and when though, Alf. When are the what? what yeah. are let's go modern yeah, era. True. So uh, Marino on forward. Okay, Marino on forward. Let's go Marino nineties forward. Yeah, Marino nineties yeah, forward. How about that? Marino so nineties between nineteen ninety and twenty twenty for the last thirty years. Pick pick the most random dolphin who. He had to have made he had to have made a fifty three, not just in a training camp. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. is is Jarris McPhail random enough? I mean, he is not random at all. He's, he's not. not no, random. he's not. He's not that obscure. What about Nate Jaquette? Yeah, more Nate than Jaquette. Jarris McPhail. Good old Nate Jaquette. <laughs> wow. 
Because we can go. We can go there. Amari Lowe. <laughs> Amari Lowe. Wow. Don't don't play the game now. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll save them because I can just keep going. <laughs> All right. The Dolphins, as I as I mentioned on... The I've pre- already got a winner, by the way. I've already got a winner. So <laughs> might, as well fucking, might as well stop the fucking game now. You fucked it 30 seconds in. Like, yeah. I've, already, I've already found a guy I've never, ever, ever, ever heard of. And he made a roster at a time when I was even bigger Dolphins fan than I am now, because I literally just sit in my bedroom, wank myself off, and listen to the Armed Forces radio to try and catch what the Dolphins were doing. So I've already won this. So you, you guys can find whoever the fuck you like. Just just so you know, this game is over. <laughs> well, I was gonna I was gonna try to get a guy that, that that people actually have heard of before, but is pretty obscure. Like, for example, Charles Jordan. Remember him? How fast yep. he was? Of course. This guy, I mean, this guy shits all over Charles Jordan. This <laughs> guy right. shits over Michael. Or, or, you know, a pretty effective defensive tackle is Shane Burton. Remember him? Yep. Again, this guy. Of course. He, knocked, take, he, he, had, he had all kinds of knockdown passes. This, yeah, this guy you know, takes That's all he used to do. Burton. He used to knock down passes at the line. And the original takes... five foot seven. Oh, he was not the original. The original one was Mark Higgs. But after him came Irving Spikes. Remember him? Yep. This guy would take Brian Sochet and smack you in the face with him for Irving Spikes. <laughs> Oof. I oh, mean, boy. this guy is the most obscure player I've ever heard of. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get, is we'll it, get is it a it. really good name, too? It's a, yeah. uh, mate, the name is fantastic. It makes it even better. And it's the oh, thing that, that's, it's the that's, thing that oh, made that's... me... It's the thing now that made me notice it more than anything. Don't look now because I've I've won this game. You've got oh, you've got you me excited. Guy, you've got me excited now. It's not Aubrey Beavers, is it? No, mate. Aubrey Beavers is a third round okay. pick out of Oklahoma. This is a guy who, I mean, because we've already done. To be fair, we've already done Roly Lombala. Yeah, well, this guy makes Roly Lombala look like Dan Marino. <laughs> I'm now going to Google what's happened to him. Oh boy! Well, let's move. Let's move on uh, until we we don't move on. And I said on the three yards per carry account, I posted the Dolphins have given the Jaguars, 49ers, Rams, and the Chargers their worst losses of the season. And they shut out the Jets. And had they kicked another field goal against the Jets, it would have been five teams that they would have handed their worst loss of the season. I came away extremely impressed with how they beat the San Diego Chargers. Like I said in the preview show, if you take away the fourth quarter, and I know that that's asking a lot, okay? But had you done that, the Chargers were the clear-cut best team in the NFL because they had blown, of course, four leads of 16 or more. So how impressed were you, or were you not impressed, Simon, with that win on Sunday? I was hugely impressed. Like I said in the preview show, I think the – I think the Chargers are a good football team. A lot of really good players. I just think they're really badly coached. And I thought that showed up um, in spades on Sunday, frankly. The flip side of that is that I believe that the Dolphins are incredibly well coached. One of the top three coaching jobs in the NFL across the board, Mm. not just Flores. And I thought that showed up in spades as well, given, you know, the Dolphins coaching staff understands situational football, I think, as well as any coaching staff in the NFL. Bill Belichick is fantastic at it. I think Ron Rivera is a really good situational coach. Sean Payton's a very good... But, but Brian Flores and his coaching team are coaching out their skins, especially when you consider that, what, four or five coaches weren't even playing and not just, you know, assistants. This was 
you know, I think Marion Hobby was down. You know, there were there were decent level guys not on the sidelines. Yeah, uh, Austin uh, Clark, yesterday. the outside Austin linebackers Clark. coach, was gone. Yeah, quarterback coach again for the quarterback second, coach for the second of two or three starts. So I thought overall, I thought we played really well. We just win in those areas. Special teams is fantastic from top to bottom. It's a great special teams unit. I know Jason mm-hmm. had the missed kick, but Matt Hawks a great punter. Matt Collins is a fantastic, a fantastic special teams player. Uh, the coverage units are great. I thought Shaquem Grant had his arguably his best game as all round as a Dolphin actually. Uh, yesterday but overall I just thought they played really well and I thought uh, the thing that impressed me the most you know there were some throws from Tua that I thought were were great I thought Savion Ahmed played really well I thought Austin Jackson played extremely well Um, the thing that impressed me most was the way that Josh Boyer mixed up what he did Um, you know because we were all talking about oh cover zero blitz cover zero blitz gonna send the house gonna send the house well what he did was not actually do that a great deal at all he sent probably five men quite a lot but you, do, you didn't see nearly as many of those cover zero blitzes. What he did was flood the field with defensive backs and confuse the hell out of, confuse the hell out of, um, out of Justin Herbert because yep. we were just running so many looks. Sometimes it was zone, sometimes it was man, sometimes, you know. And also, you look at the snap counts. I thought it was, in, I thought it was fascinating that the, the ability where you see, you almost see, usually you rarely see Baker and Carvan Noy come off the field at all. I think they both played 37, 38 snaps. I think. Um, uh, Landon Roberts played 37, 38 snaps. They all pretty much played the same number. Whereas Byron Jones, Brandon Jones, you know, the secondary, which is performing mm-hmm. at an outstanding level. I mean, these are not mug receivers. This is Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. all pro, second or third mm-hmm. best route runner in the NFL. This is Mike Williams. And Mikey six, Williams is pretty good. And Guyton, and Guyton's been off to a Guyton has got wheels. Hunter Henry is a good tight end. Yes. Know, and I mean, Kellen Balazs is the best pass receiving running back in the NFL. But Balazs played well, but I mean, I thought the secondary just absolutely obliterated a, a, a really good receiving core. I mean, yes, when, they did. Is, can you think of it? Keenan Allen had one catch towards the end of the game where he picked up some. I can't think of another moment where he had any sort of impact in the game. No, Mike Williams was thought, essentially useless until yeah. he got he got a couple of garbage catches, and they did something interesting because I dug into it a little bit and. They basically trusted Xavier Howard and told him, you know, go erase Mike Williams and we're going to really pay a lot of attention to Keenan Allen on third downs. And and I think that Justin Herbert just didn't know what to do with himself on third down because he didn't have his security blanket. Nick Needham played well as well, I thought. Yes, he did. I thought that was Yeah, he deserves a a pretty big shot. Yeah, Noah Igbenogane didn't play a single snap on defense, which I thought was interesting. I thought Uh, Brandon Jones is beginning to... I believe he did. Did I believe I, he I did. Thought I, don't forget, I don't, have my, I don't have my glasses at the moment. So I, I didn't think I saw him have a single snap on defense in the what I, what I looked at the, the numbers, but maybe I was wrong. Oh, but okay. I thought McCain played well. I thought Bob, I thought um, Brandon Jones played well. Uh, and, and Eric Rowe continues to just be one of the most underrated free agent signings that we've made in, in a decade, frankly, uh, just in terms of his organizational skills and where he is on the field and, and just what he brings to the to the party, I think um, I thought it was a really, really strong Dolphins performance, and, and we're not six and three by by default or by accident. We're six and three because we're a decent football team that's being coached absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, absolutely, and I guess I'll, I'll I'll ask you the same thing, Chris. Were you impressed? But I'll also ask you this: Can you get Raquan Davis's snap count in that game? Because at the end of the game, he just couldn't go anymore. <laughs> I don't know if you saw him. But he was asking out because he was short of breath. Because I, I believe they 
they overplayed him a bit. I don't know if if the snap yeah. count is gonna. Well, that's stay. that's concerning because he only had thirty six snaps. That's not. Well, he was asking out. That's not a heavy day. Well, he was asking out. Do you think maybe he was injured or something? Because he was asking out every other play to the point where they just said, "All right, just just stay here." in the final drive well i i I don't know but he was having he was having a a very good day and so Mm. he probably he probably was getting a little winded from taking on all those double teams because he was playing nose tackle and he was um and he was standing up to the double teams and 36 snaps is a lot to ask a guy to to do that on the inside Um, it's a it's a surprising it's a surprisingly tough ask um i think uh you know if you if you Look at a guy like Zach Sealer. He played like 52 snaps, and and you know that's actually that's one of the things that makes him unique is his ability to play so many snaps. Even though he's sort of an inside guy, inside guy, um, you know Christian Wilkins has that ability as well. Uh, but he was drafted first round. You know Zach Sealer, we picked up off the practice squad of the um, the Baltimore Ravens at, toward the end of last year. Um, and congratulations to him, by the way, for signing an extension uh, today to keep him in Miami through 2023 uh, because yeah. that's, that's well, a huge uh, extension for Chris Greer and the dolphins. Well very well deserved, very well. Absolutely. Earned. Um, he's been, he's been from, from basically from snap one um, in his first game against the, I believe the New York giants uh, toward the end of last year. Um, you could tell, you could tell that you just found something. Uh, and, and that was, and he's, he's continued that he is, he is a starter on this defensive line and, um, and he will remain a starter. Like he's not somebody you even want to replace or, or you want to like better deal by trying to get a first rounder or something like that. He's, he's a legit player. Anyway. Um, I, I think that, uh, asking Raekwon to jump up and snap count and take on those doubles all day on the interior with high energy and high effort. It's not surprised he got tired the first time out. Um, surprising, but uh, you know, uh, overall uh, the snap counts, you're right, Simon. Uh, Noah did not play. I was thinking of somebody else. Um, he didn't play any, uh, any snaps in this game. Um, but yeah, the, the, what they did against them is uh, they flooded the field with, as you said, they flooded the field with defensive backs. I did a tweet storm on this uh, last night. I think on average, Justin Herbert saw six defensive backs every pass, every time he dropped back, you know, which is incredible that the average defense that he saw was a dime defense. You know, it wasn't that way on the running play. So the Dolphins were clearly doing a good job gaming the, uh, the run pass, um, tendencies so the Dolphins started using this amoeba defense um and that's where you saw the defensive backs I think probably mo- more explicitly in use uh you know they're swar- swarming around in the the front seven not nobody with their hand down or maybe only one player with his hand down um making it difficult for the offensive line to see identify who's coming and who's not coming but the reason that worked is because they had so many defensive backs on the field. They have such higher maneuverability, higher mobility, um, and uh, they can get back out into uh, legit coverage or, or zone coverage uh, from their from their dis, you know their their disguise points where they're disguising or, or trying to fake a blitz or. Um, do everything that they were doing before the snap. So I think using six defensive backs on average uh, for every pass play was a big, big thing for this defense. Um, it was a big part of their effectiveness and how they shut down Justin Herbert. And it's, it's a, it's actually very refreshing because how many times do we 
really bitch about the previous defensive coordinators um, before Brian Flores got here and how we wouldn't use dime defense and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it certainly worked in this game. It was a really impressive defensive effort to, to watch and, and see them, you know, just disguising their coverage constantly and also switching between man and zone like every play. And sometimes Justin Herbert got it to his credit. Um, but a lot of times he didn't, he saw players backing out into seven and eight man coverages and just, you know, there was hesitation there, you know, he didn't know what to, to do with the football. Uh, he had a, probably his worst game of the year. Um, easily his worst game so, of the year. Cause he didn't have yeah, a, I mean, his, his other bad game was really kind of debatable because they were in it until he took them out mm -hmm. of it, which was against Denver when he threw the two picks in the second half. Right. So, so, I mean, that's, this was his worst, this was his worst game of the year and they, and they didn't do it. I thought they might do it by kind of playing uh, a little bit more suffocating, you know, just by having everybody back and, and forcing him to stay patient and then just start, you know, slowly raising the temperature by identifying tendencies and stuff like that and do like what Xavier Howard did and jump that ball. Um, you know, but the dolphins didn't do that. They, uh, they really dictated, on their own by uh, disguising everything and just being a really tricky defense. Um, and so I thought that they were, they stayed true to their identity uh, or the identity that they were establishing um, and they did it their way. And so it was, uh, it was, you know, admirable. Yeah. Simon, when this season started and yeah, I think the defense was absolutely like, this was the first time all year that I could say on the defensive side, yeah, they can do it all. Like they could play zone. They could they could bring zero blitzes. They could bring nickel blitzes. They could play all kinds of defenses and be successful. But one part of this team that has been up and down, to say the least, and they released Jordan Howard today, is that running game. And I think that when this season started, nobody, nobody would have said, yeah, by week 10, uh, Savan Ahmed would be the bell cow back. And he got almost every carry save for a couple for Patrick Laird and two for DeAndre Washington at the end. What do you make of Savan Ahmed, Simon? And is the running game essentially fixed? I know fixed is a strong word to use, but is it yeah. good enough right now? No, no, I don't think it is. I don't think it's, I don't think it's fixed at all. Uh, I think what we found is some nice pieces. Um, you know, Ahmed is a looks a decent player. He's got burst, which is something that you don't see any of the Dolphins. Breed has burst, obviously. Um, but it's nice that he... I mean, I think you're putting together a collection of players. Like, you know, Patrick Laird never lets this team down. You no. know, Patrick Laird, you saw him picking up in pass protection. You saw him pick up a big first down. He's got good hands. He's a great special teamer. You know, he's the kind of guy that... You know, he's a, he's a poor man's Rex Burkhead in a way. I know that's cheesy because he's white, but it's kind of true. Breeder offers something different, and I, I feel I know that we feel has been slightly underused this season, given his ability out the backfield, given his hands, given his speed. Gaskin has got those moves; he can, you know, he can cut very quickly, small, and you know, low center of gravity, jitterbug type. And Ahmed has got the has got the speed; it's got that, you know, he, he's got some jitterbug about him because he's smaller. But what they really do lack is a is a number one back. Um, you know, I think they thought that was going to be Jordan Howard, but he, you know, clearly didn't work out and he was released today, as you mentioned. I still think they're a running back short. There's a lot of players in the draft. You know, I was going through the running back class over the weekend. You know, it, does Travis Etienne, you know, people always say, Travis Etienne, Tra does Travis Etienne fit this, what we're looking for? Is he too similar 
potentially to the sorts of guys that we have. He's only 203 pounds. He's got to fix that fumbling problem. Mm. You know, there's some other backs now starting to come through. You know, Najee Harris has some serious familiarity with um with with Tua. Uh, and one thing I've been certainly talking about on the in the magazine over here, but I, I saw Chris say about it the other day, and I think he said it in our WhatsApp group as well, is that this year more than any year, I wrote a piece about it this year more than any year, you've got to rely on players that you know. Don't overthink it in the draft. Draft good college players. Do not reach for, you know, high-end potential because potential more than any other year will bite you in the ass if you get it wrong. Harris is just a really good football player. The Williams kid at North Carolina, big, fast, powerful. You know, I think they're lacking a number one. I thought Ahmed played very well uh, and he deserved to, to, you know, to continue to carry the ball through the game. I don't think they found a guy and I don't think the running game is fixed. But there are you know, little sparks that um, that I keep seeing. And uh, it was good to see him get some some playing time because I liked him in Washington. Yeah, I think the Dolphins, as far as the, you know, getting a running back in the draft, I think they just, they showed their hand already this year. They went after Le'Veon Bell, which suggests to me that they're going to try to fix it with money and a free agent contract. Because you don't, I don't think they were trying to rent Le'Veon Bell for the rest of the year. I think they were trying to trade for him to give him a contract. For, the, for maybe two or three years. So maybe they showed their hand already in that regard. What do you make of the running game for the for at least going forward and for the rest of the year, Chris? Savan um, did a nice job during the game, but uh, what you have to keep in mind is, uh, you know, his, his good day kind of just boils down to a couple of plays. And I think the, the thing that they found um, in particular that worked for them in this game against the uh, the Chargers was split zone, and uh, they they experimented with some split zone running um, running plays, uh, particularly with uh, Mac Hollins acting as like a tight end mm-hmm. and playing. I mean, Mike Gesicki used to play this role all the time in Penn State. I mean, this exact role that they had Mac Hollins doing, except Mac Hollins did it better. Um, and, and so, you know, this, the split zone attack, you know, whether it was front side or backside, uh, Savan Ahmed gained good yards on both of those. And then there was, um, there was another really successful play that was, um, that was a wildcat, uh, play. And it was with Malcolm Perry in the back as the trigger man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a play you're, you're doing, you're doing, it's essentially a zone read. Um, and because of the nature of the play, you're freezing a guy uh, and, and forcing him not to, to reduce as, as far inside as he might like to. And that created the hole for, uh, for Ahmed. Um, I, don't, I didn't see enough of a uh, you know, variety of different ways that we were gaining yards on the ground uh, or that Savan Ahmed was gaining yards on the ground for me to say something bold. Like uh, I think this is starting to get on the right path or something like that. The dolphins went with a lot of, they must've seen something on tape that they like, but they, they really went with a lot of two and especially three tight end personnel on the field Mm -hmm. uh, and really tight splits and, um, and just, and tried to, to do some, I guess, power football um, and run the ball that way. It didn't work. I didn't think it worked really. Um, I didn't think it was working particularly well in the passing game either, except, uh, except Tua was, you know, he was just executing really, really well. Um, and, uh, and so I hope, you know, I, honestly, I, I don't, I don't want to see that again. I, I'd rather they play a little bit m- more with space 
um, and spread the field out and and look for lanes because I think that does fit Savan Ahmed's uh, skill set is when you spread out a little bit more and uh, and and have them be shifty and pick between lanes. I think it also might uh, fit Matt Breda too. So uh, so we'll see when when he gets back. But certainly this right now you'd have to say. I mean you're saying week ten Savan Ahmed is our bell cow. Well yeah week eleven it's going to be somebody different. You know week twelve it's going to be somebody different. And we've seen that before. We've seen that with the Patriots. They did that a lot over the years. Um, you know one 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 week it's this guy and next week it's the next, this guy and you know it's just it's really. Um, it's kind of this uh, rotation and it goes week to week. And I, unfortunately, I think that's going to continue. Um, and we'll just have to see what kind of running attacks they decide are going to work every week. Um, it speaks to that thing about situational football, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. it which mm-hmm. we praise. Absolutely. Which we praise, and you've just mentioned it. We've praised the Patriots for long enough about doing it. How many times did Tom Brady come out one week and throw 400 yards and, and five touchdowns? And then the next week he threw like six balls and some guy he'd never heard of rushed for 186 yards. And, you know, yeah. all of a sudden mm-hmm. was never to be heard of again. You know, Damian Harris last night, 127 yards. And he got Jacoby Myers throwing touchdowns. And, you know, it's the, it's always been the Patriot way. And I hate to keep saying, oh, everything's Patriot. But, you know, there are elements of, you know, Chandler Cox, you know, it was inactive yesterday. Chris Myrick was was active, um, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that was for a situational reason. You know, uh, you know, the Dolphins have used and benefited from an awful lot of two tight, you know, two tight ends on almost every down um, this season in terms of how that offense works. But you know, I, I haven't seen that if if Myrick got on the field for any offensive snaps. But you know, there, there's clearly a reason he why did. Chandler Cox. Yeah, okay. So there's clearly a reason why Chandler Cox. Uh, you know, wasn't playing because actually he's been effective. He's a good special teams player. Um, and in the know, all so. 22, uh, if, if there was a guy, and I think Durham Smythe is one of those guys, if there was ever a guy who's, you know, batting damn near a thousand as far as hitting his assignment, hitting his blocks, it's Chandler Cox. So I, I'm never, I, I never like seeing Chandler Cox inactive. I never like to yeah. see him on the inactive list because I think he's useful. Can I just say, by the way, I found another guy who's not quite as good as the first guy, but he's still a great guy for this search. <laughs> and we will get, be getting to that very, very soon once we wrap this up. All right, one last question here, and we could we can move on and do our Where Are They Now segment. And I already have my guy. You know, I, I know who I'm going to ask about. But let's, you know, let's get to brass tacks. We've talked about the defense. We've talked about the running game. How well did Tua Tungvaluwa play, and did he outduel Justin Herbert? I, I think I know the answer to that, and I think we're all going to answer in the affirmative, all three of us. But take it away, Simon. Um, I don't think it was a it wasn't a really a dueling game, was it? I mean, no. I thought I thought he played well. I thought he played well within himself. I thought he made a couple of really nice throws. I think the pretty much the first throw he made where he rolled out to his. Um, left had the short underneath to the to the back and then just waited that extra second to hit Kasiki. I thought that was a great throw. He got away with a couple, you know, the one that went through Kenneth Murray's hand, for example. Yes. Um, you know, but overall I thought he played well. Uh Although he puts a, like I I I I'm uh, sorry to interrupt you, but no, it's all right. every, everybody that's out there saying that should have been picked. Okay. You try to catch that ball t- 12 yards from the line of scrimmage. 
yeah with the heat that's that Tua put mm-hmm. on that ball okay yeah that's that's the great that's point. That's the catch. point that you got to bring up. If like, that were Keenan Allen playing running back, I mean playing linebacker, I would have said, yeah, okay, that should have been intercepted. If that was Julio Jones playing linebacker, sure, it should have been intercepted. That's a linebacker, okay? Okay, yeah. not many linebackers would catch that ball. Okay, let me let me then throw something else at you. If Ryan Fitzpatrick had made that throw, would we have all been saying, oh, he got away with that one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a fa- fair question. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, I think so. Uh, I, but at the same time, I I do think it's 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 a fair point to bring up that I mean because the quarterbacks kind of operate this way too. I mean they 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 throw past the linebackers, um, and in in some cases, if they're if the linebackers are not in great position, and and you know it didn't seem for a little bit that that linebacker was in great position, it would have been a hell of a pickoff if the linebacker had gotten it. Um, but he did. He got away with one. I mean, it was it was. Uh, it's fair, but uh, still, I mean, it wasn't. It's not all near interceptions, as they call them. No, absolutely. Not all of them are created equally, and is all no. all I'm saying. And uh, um, that wasn't triple well. coverage. <laughs> no, no. I thought he played well. Uh, you know, he's doing what it takes to manage games pretty well. The, the thing is, the Dolphins don't need him to be to take the team on his shoulders and you know they're playing so well in the other facets they, they, there's going to come a time two three four five years time where he's going to be the bell cow carrying this team on his shoulders at the moment they don't need him to do that they need him to play turnover free football smart football not do stupid things with the ball not do stupid things with his body throw it away when he's under pressure not take sacks not take big hits keep it accurate see the game slow down in front of him. And that's exactly what's happening. I think generally Chan Gailey's calling a really nice game and he's doing really well. The line's protecting him. I think they only had six pressures yesterday. Like I said earlier, Austin Jackson, I thought played really well. Um, you know, pretty much eliminated Melvin Ingram. Um, so yeah, I thought um, a lot to be, a lot to be excited about, a lot to be thankful for. He's um, he's doing well. Yeah. And if I could nitpick a, slightly is just uh, the ball placement on that that ball that they played volleyball with early in the game to Gasecki that could have been yeah. out in front of them a little bit more you know yeah. and I yeah. really really I really would have wanted to see him complete that pass to Jakeem right before the half oh yeah, yeah. I thought that I thought that it was, was a, a foot away I thought it was a bit of a miss I thought he could have it was know. I mean he, he missed it he but it. I mean it, it was it was like a foot away I mean <laughs> if you if you look at the been. back view would have been a great play. Yeah, it would have that been would have been that would stunning. have been like uh, if the, that would have been second only to the 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 Hopkins Murray play at the end of the year. Yeah, it yeah, would have that, been a, it would have been a nice you know it would have been nice to finish the half that way and you know the Chargers right there you know they were ripe to to be you know to be told look you know you're going you're going to lose and this time you're not going to be ahead and you're not going to come back like this quarterback is going to score points on you. You're not going to play this game where you're going to stay in the game by running it and shortening the game. So it would have been nice to see that completion. But, yeah, mm. I'm with you. Um, I like this game, and I don't think it's crazy. They, they had a – and I know what everybody's saying, okay, you know, yeah, you know, the, the run to the playoffs and everything. But I think what we're building toward is what ESPN had a segment today, Simon. And I know you're not privy to everything that ESPN does. But they had a segment saying, okay, give us – your sleeper Super Bowl participant. 
And it had to be somebody that's, you know, if you say, look, the, the Ravens are going to make a run here at the end, like, you know, you're not coming off the, the mountain with the tablets, okay? Mm-hmm. If you say Kansas City's going to go to the Super Bowl, you're not, you're not educating anybody. The two teams that they kept mentioning were the Las Vegas Raiders and the Miami Dolphins. Now, what do you think that is? Because they have a quarterback playing essentially, you know, mistake-free football. I think it's also Brian Flores. I mean, I think they're, yeah. he's getting he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of rep right now, or mm-hmm. you know, he's getting a good rep with everybody right now. Um, and people are jumping on board that that uh, bandwagon. And the defense is just fun to watch. It, it is. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think as much as much as we all love to, and as much as we hope he's going to be great, he is just a bit part of what's the the bigger picture. You know, which is right. great coaching, which is outstanding defense, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal special teams. You know, he. We all every week we all want to come on and go. He's amazing. He did this. He did this. But actually, we've just got to rein it in a little bit because there are so many other component parts as to why we're on a five-game winning streak. As to why we're six and three. It's no accident that we're six and three. And you look at the schedule. You know, Denver potentially without Drew Locke. The Jets haven't won a game. The Bengals, you know, competitive but struggling a little bit. You win those three games, you're nine and three. And the next game is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs coming to the stadium where they won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to face a nine and three Miami Dolphins team who are going to be, you know, if they do win those three games are going to be half a game behind the Buffalo Bills in a race to win the AFC East, potentially in really good position for one of those two wildcard spots, you know, Tua versus Mahomes. A lot of what they do really well as the chiefs are also played to our strengths. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of we do, a lot of what we do well actually plays to their weaknesses. So, I mean, can you imagine? Is that not a shootout that you want to watch? Mahomes against Tonga Vailoa in, in, in the stadium where Pat won his That game will have stadium. some juice. And yeah. if, if there was ever a candidate for a game that – if the Dolphins – look, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll call my shot here. Everybody was asking today, okay, you know, why do you care about press? Well, I care about press because I want to see this team play some national games. I want to see this team play on Sunday night. Do you know that they haven't played on Sunday night in six years, Simon? Yeah, six years. Some- it's going to be tough to flex that game because it's Pittsburgh Buffalo that night on Sunday night football. So oh, I don't know. Dolphins yeah. are nine and three going if, into that game. If the Dolphins Pittsburgh. had, if the Dolphins have won nine of their last ten games heading into that game, you know, facing the Super Bowl champs, I, I don't know. I it's that I'll take that as a draw over the Pittsburgh Buffalo game. But the thing, no, the point is that Pittsburgh Buffalo is already the Sunday night game. They're not going to oh, flex right. out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. they're not going to flex out the that, AFC. Right. and the unbeaten team in the NFL for regardless of how good that game is mm-hmm. they're still not going to flex that out no yeah no that's the point I think I think it's a great you know Tua Mahomes who, who you know people are going to tune in to watch Tua Mahomes over you know with the respect to, to Josh and to Ben over Roethlisberger and Allen but I think that's the that is the game that's already there so yeah and the, the point that you raised about Tua you know being a part of a bigger you know a, a piece of a bigger p- picture right now the point I try to drive home to people is that is not uncommon at all in the, um, you know, when you look at the careers of, of the greatest passers of all time. Um, and, you know, I, I made this point on Twitter. I, I, this reminds me a lot because I'm getting, I guess I'm getting old enough to remember these, these seasons from 20 years ago and such. But, um, but I remember the, the season that Tom Brady had a, the first, the first time he was the first year he was a starter. Okay, he was a caretaker. They leaned on Antoine. You think Smith. that makes you old? Then I'm essentially dead. 
Well, yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> but um, but I remember that season. I remember them leaning on a veteran defense, you know, a very uh, tricky defense um, in New England and and playing safe with yeah. with respect to, to Tom Brady. He was, you know, throwing 28 times a game, something like that. Um, and Antoine Smith was hardly a headliner at running back, but they leaned on him. They leaned on the ground game uh, such as it was. Uh, I remember when Big Ben took over for Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox was a winner in Pittsburgh when uh, when Big Ben took over for him. And they only had Ben like throw 21, 22 passes a game. And this was the Bill Cowart Steelers. They were, you know, this was Jerome Bettis and Duke Staley running the ball. This was the the Steelers defense. Um, and Ben rattled off like 13 straight wins to start his career. Yeah. Uh, and, and then he won a game in the playoffs too, uh, before, before losing the playoffs, you know, these, and the, the other, the other guy is, uh, you know, go back to Russell Wilson's first year with the Seattle Seahawks. And, and actually this was a continuing narrative that happened for a number of years in Seattle with, uh, how they weren't asking him to do too much in that offense. It was still the Marshawn Lynch, you know, um, rushing attack and defense and, and everything like that. I mean, this is this is very common for early in a Hall of Famer's career. Even um, the, the coaches know not to have these guys do too much. It's part of the it's part of the formula, and um, and I think that that's what's happening right now. It doesn't it doesn't mean that it was coincidental that that the Steelers won thirteen straight games with Big ben, with Big Ben, you know, in his first thirteen starts. I mean he had a lot to do with that, even though he played like more of a minor role because he was a rookie. He had a lot to do with that. He's going to the hall of fame. That's not a coincidence that they were that good. It's not a coincidence that the Seattle Seahawks were so good in Russell Wilson's first year uh, rookie year. It's not a coincidence that the new England Patriots won the super bowl in Tom Brady's first year, even though these guys had relatively minor roles um, compared to some of their later years where they were in high volume passing offenses and they're, you know, etching their names in NFL record books and stuff like that. Um, so I, I, that, that's how you have to look at this season with Tua Tunga Vailoa. He is responsible for a lot of what's going on out there on the field and his being so good is one of the reasons why we're winning. Definitely. But at the same time, they're up by multiple scores in the second half. And we're like, you know, Hey, you're not passing the ball enough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's, that's part of it. That's part of, that's part. They're not going to, they're not going to tempt fate with a guy that has this much, uh, you know, youth and inexperience. So, um, but I, as for this game, I thought it's, it's funny because in the second half, they, they kind of dialed them down. They didn't have them do much. Um, and in the first half though, aside from, you know, I'm not even going to nitpick him on that that near miss to Jakeem Grant um, because it was pretty. It was a pretty incredible, you know, start to that play. He was off by like, if you look at the back view of the play, he was off by like a foot um, from from making one of the highlight plays. It, it looked just like Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. Uh, if you look at it on all 22, it's just like it's vintage. Um, so he did miss that one, but the only other play on, uh, in the first half that that you could nitpick was he was half a beat late to Mike Gesicki when he threw to the right-hand side um, and Gesicki had the ball, you know, a, a defender kind of arrived nearly at the same time. And, and people were like, yeah, I hit you in the hands. You should have caught it. And that's true. Mm-hmm. But um, the reason is because actually Tua hesitated for half a beat 
um, before he got the ball out. He patted the football. I'm not sure what he was seeing. Maybe he thought that Gasicki wasn't quite ready for it or, or, or something. But, I mean, he was he was looking at it. It was there. Gasicki had his head around. But he, he something made him pat the football one, one extra time. And, um, and that was a bad play for him. But otherwise, the first half was nearly flawless for uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa. And as you said, they were on their way to, like, going up 21 nothing mm-hmm. uh when when you had that bad snap situation and uh you know obviously should have used manscape um but i think that i think that it, it, you have to look at that and say no they're not asking much from him but he is executing like he's he's executing at a really high level and then the second half he did have some blow some some issues uh on a couple of plays uh, some things that he would would have had back including that near interception um, and there is another, there's another bad ball, I think to Devonte Parker. Um, but I think, I think overall you're looking at his performance and you're like, they're not asking you to do like a terrible amount right now, but his execution of this, I mean, it was, it was so much better than Justin Herbert's execution in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this game, it was, if you look at it really closely, it's not close. It was not close. Um, so I think that, you know, you, you do have to be positive about him going forward because down the line, we get into some really tough games. We're going to need him to, to take over. We're going to need him to pass the ball. I mean, you could argue he already had to do that in the Cardinals game. Yeah. It already happened against the Cardinals. So, um, so we are going to need that. And and then you're going to go back to games like this where he was executing, even though, you know, executing very well, even though he wasn't asked to do much. And you say, well, that that kind of showed you that he's able to do it, that that he's able to to dial it up more, that there's more meat on the bone. Um, so I think that's that's what I come away with for, uh, on to on this one. And um, you know, I I do look forward to those games because for once I, I have the confidence that it's going to turn out well, which is kind of mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that play where where. What did that play look like to you guys? And I, I, I'm pretty sure that it's, I know what you're going to say. The the play where it was a bad low snap from the shotgun and he, he goes to pick it up, picks it up, and then throws a high point ball to Devontae Parker. If that's not Russell Wilson, I don't know what that is. Oh, man. That was, that was great. That was a great play. That and was that Russell was, Wilson. Was, like, I've seen was Russell a... Wilson make that play and pretty much, you know, oh, well, Mahomes can make that play. But besides those two guys, like most who the hell has the presence thing. of mind to do all of that in one the play? The most impressive thing, it's not even the presence of mind, it's just the poise. Just the poise to be able to do that and not to panic, to know that, okay, you got it back in your hands, you still got time, you know where you're, you, you know where Parker's going to be because that was where you're going to go anyway. The poise to do that and not just fall on the ball, that, that, I thought that's what was so impressive. Yeah. All right, let's play our game, Simon. You want right. to go first with your guy, and or, or you want us to shoot our guys? To your I'll way? tell you what, Why don't you tell me the years that you've both got your guys in? Because I want to make sure that you don't have the same fuckers that I do. Okay, my guy is a 1993. Okay, I, I, that's fine, Chris. Mine is is much more recent. Um, I actually have to look at. Give me uh, drafted in 2005, but I just I just like where he ended up. Wow. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go on, Alf. You go first then. All right. My guy is returner extraordinaire, Kirby Dardar. 
<laughs> Do you Cur- know where Kirby. he is? Uh, where are you, Kirby Dada? No, is the answer. <laughs> okay. Y- y- have you looked him Do up? Do you know where he is? No, that's why I'm asking. Okay. <laughs> Chris, you're the, you're the nobody's bothered to look him up. <laughs> Chris, go on, give us your guy. Okay, well, my guy My guy was drafted in 2005. You may actually remember him. Is uh, He's a tackle named Anthony Alabi. And uh, oh, yeah. he, was, he, hey. was from, he was from TCU. But uh, the reason I chose him is because of where he ended up uh, and where, I mean, the most recent place that I saw him anyway um, is he is an actor. Like he's, he's now, he's, he's a working actor and he's been in, like a lot of stuff actually as you look down his list but where i saw him was he was like a fabulous hairdresser in peewee's big holiday the 2000 the 2016 <laughs> reboot of peewee herman and he showed up with like a, a group of like traveling hairdressers with like this massive wig on and he was you know he's He's very, very effeminate. I thought it was hilarious. It was a great role. But that's Anthony Alabi, former tackle of the Miami Dolphins. I know where I'm, Kirby Dardar is. So do I. I He's a Canadian a, activist. A Canadian activist? A community activist. Oh, okay. Yes. But before said, then, he was I coach. a Canadian activist. But before he was coach then, back he, in 2006. Yeah, he was coach of the Syracuse Soldiers of the American Indoor Football Association. His team went one and ten, yeah. and then the 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 league ceased operations after the season. I, it doesn't seem like he coached anywhere else, did he? Nah. So nah. yeah, he didn't coach anywhere else, but he played for the Dolphins for three years, played for the Chiefs for one, and for the New York New Jersey Hitmen. Great uniforms, one of the best all time uniforms of all time. Go look up that XFL uniform, the New York New Jersey Hitmen. He played for them for one year. So right, you ready for these? Hit it. The second best is a guy who was uh, undrafted, I think. Yeah, undrafted. I don't know where he is now. Out of Michigan State, defensive back, six foot three, two hundred eight pounds, nineteen ninety one season. Mike Iaquiniello. Huh. Remember him? I oh. <laughs> I think huh? I, I have a feeling you are butchering the name the hell out of the name right now. What, and, what year um, is this? Uh he played 15 games, didn't start any, but played in 15 games in 1991. Wow. I-A-Q-U-A-N-I-E-L-L-O. Wow. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But he's not even <laughs> the best. Okay. So you're ready for the best. Because this I, I mean, I'd never heard of this guy, and I thought I knew a lot about the Miami Dolphins. Okay, this is the season before, the 1990 season. He played defensive back alongside J.B. Brown, Kerry Glenn, Lifford Hobley, Paul Lankford, Tim McKayer, Lewis Oliver, Jarvis Williams, Michael Magruder. This is from the University of Illinois, African Grant. <laughs> hmm. African, African Grant. Grant. What is his middle name? Uh, think about his first name think about his first name and then think about what his middle name might be oh um (laughs) American no African American Nigeria oh African Nigerian Grant Nigeria Nigeria Grant Nigeria 
Wow. He played four games in the 1990 season, wore number 41. I don't know where he is. His daughter plays, uh, his daughter played, plays for the Penn State women's volleyball team. He is African Grant, was a Miami Dolphins player for four games in 1990. Beat that. That's uh, that's pretty that's a pretty great name. Although I'm sending you a picture of Anthony Alabi in the uh the Pee-wee movie, and I'm just I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm just saying. That's Garrett Limbrick. Do you remember him? Hmm. This is probably great, not great not. content for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we well, just, I could always cut all this just, shit. Yeah, we could just go on for like an hour and make you listen <laughs> <Yeah>. to it. <laughs> yes. No, I'll just keep the first few. As long as African Grant, as long as African, African Grant, I don't care. <laughs> Remember Andre Brown? Yeah, receiver. Yes. We drafted a guy named Tim Pigeon. <laughs> we did. He never really took off. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we had that tight end? And on that note, <laughs> you can leave. You can leave that in though. <laughs> I'm even clapping myself. That was so good. All right, people. That's... Yeah, I, I think we can move on right there. All right, we gave you a lot. We gave you a lot of nonsense. We gave you a lot of Tua Tungavailoa analysis. We talked. We even talked some Justin Herbert today. Okay, the next time you hear from us, we will talk Broncos, Dolphins in Denver. Bad weather expected, by the way. That's the the early, the early line. All right. So see you then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. An AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.